What ideas have you got today that could fill this publication? What ideas do you have that we could use in tomorrow's news program? What ideas do you have for guests that are going to work really well for us further down the line? Put yourself into journalist's shoes. You are busy. You are on deadline. I have seen journalist inboxes and some of them are just the most appalling thing. It is so important when you're working in a high-pressured environment where you've got lots of people interested in being featured. Think like a journalist. Have you ever wondered how successful businesses and thought leaders keep landing those big media opportunities and keep the buzz going around what they're up to? It's not just by chance. They're all using the power of storytelling. I'm Nicola J. Rowley, and with over 25 years in the media as both a journalist and PR expert, I'm here to help you unlock the story potential for both you and your brand. Everything starts with a story. This is the Power of Storytelling podcast. It's great to have you here with us today. It's a solo episode. And what I wanted to talk to you about is thinking like a journalist. Because when it comes to really owning our story, if we want to be able to get our stories out in a much bigger way and have as much impact as possible, we need to be looking to harness the power of the media. Remember, if you are able to tell part of your story, the part that you do want to share in the media, then it's going to get you out to a much bigger audience. And that much bigger audience being in front of them means that you can impact more people. You can help more people through what it is that you do. And that is why I actually do what I do so that I can help others get in front of the media and be seen as much as possible. But in order to really harness that power of the media, you first of all, you've got to do a few steps to get you in front of journalists, for them to sit up and take notice of you, what it is that you do, why they should work with you, why they should use your quotes, your expertise, or even your story in their publication, whether that's a podcast, whether it's on TV, on radio, in magazines, online, in print, however it is that you are trying to get in front of your audience. So in an ideal world, we've covered this in previous editions of the podcast, but you want to be able to get people your ideal clients, to be able to hear what it is that you do and how it is that you can help them or showcase your expertise, your credibility, your authority as much as possible because there's a trust factor here. That's what's going on. And if we look at, say, I don't know, Red Magazine, for instance, is a really good example of when I was living with my cousin in London. And she used to uh, collect every single 
edition of Red Magazine. And she did this on a monthly basis, month after month after month. And she'd never not bought a copy of Red Magazine. Now, to her, anyone that was featured in Red Magazine was a true expert because you were synonymous with that title. And I want you to think of things along those lines. So if you're thinking, right, okay, I've been listening to Nicola now. She's been talking about stories and how if we tell part of our story, we'll be able to go on and impact other people. Therefore, I'm happy now that I feel confident with the elements of my story that will appeal to the media. What is it that I now need to do in order to get in front of journalists, in order to be featured in that media in particular? And if you are featured in, say, Red Magazine, we'll take that example with Rachel, then Rachel's going to trust you because you're in Red Magazine and she buys that magazine every single month. And you will find that members of your audience, your ideal clients, will have that same love, that same loyalty towards different publications or maybe that's a podcast like they love listening to certain podcasts maybe it's this one maybe this is the one that you tune into every other week you know that there's a new episode coming up every other Thursday however it is that you tune in however it is that you find the publications that you're after you have to remember that there is a lot of trust built by you actually featuring as an expert. So the number one thing that I want you to start thinking about, yes, of course, this is the power of storytelling podcast. So of course, I'm going to say to you, you need to be aware of your story. You need to be aware of the angles that will appeal to journalists. You need to know what it is that you want to say, and you want to know what the outcome will be from any interview. But there are some things that journalists really want and some things that they really don't want. And so that's what I want to really explore with you today in this episode, because I think this will really help you in terms of having more success as you go forward. And that comes not only to reaching out to the media and getting your story out there in a much bigger way, but it also will help you in terms of storytelling when it comes to communicating with your audience, whether that's through emails or whatever else it is. Because, you know, the most effective emails that you will ever send will tell stories and they'll tell stories. They'll wrap lessons learned and business lessons and everything else that you've got to say, it'll be wrapped into a story. Those are the most powerful ones that you will send to them. So what I want you to start doing is thinking about what it is you want to say, what is it that you want to put forward to a journalist, and think about in your subject line of any email, actually writing in as a headline. What would be the headline for your story? And it's really important that you think about this because if you think, okay, 
I know vaguely what I think will appeal to journalists. And I think this will work really well for this chosen publication where my ideal clients are hanging out the most and it's the most coveted publication. I think I've got a really great idea for them. Think about writing it as a headline. And the reason that I would encourage you to do this is because journalists are short on time. They receive 500 emails a day on average. They're busy. They've been nine times out of 10, they're having to write two to three articles or put together a report or a package or you know whatever else it is so that they can fill their bulletins, their news bulletins. Um, or they're looking for a guest that's going to give added value to their audience. So therefore, you need to position yourself as the expert that they need to feature the expert that they need to have on. And no matter what they do, they've got to have you there. They can't be without you. You're, you add so much value. It's going to be a win-win for both of you. But you've got to think in terms of headlines. Now, the reason that I say this is because I've sat in on enough newsroom meetings and production meetings where you go around the room and you say, so what ideas have you got today that could fill this publication? What ideas do you have that we could use in tomorrow's news program? What ideas do you have for guests that are going to work really well for us further down the line? And it happens all the time in any editorial meeting. And once you're going rounds, you know, people will have hopefully got a list of a few things that they're going to be saying as journalists, and they want to have unusual things. They want to have stories, incredible things that they can highlight and say, look, we've got this person and they could talk about X, Y, Z, or I've been approached by this person and they would be able to provide money saving tips, or they would be able to provide a really great way for our viewers, for instance, to make additional money in the cost of living crisis. And this happened. This happened not that long ago, actually. It was last year and I was working with a client and I approached this morning and I framed it as this person is here and can help save your viewers money by doing X, Y, Z. That person is now the money-making expert and the regular go-to expert on this morning as a result. You probably know him as Dan Hatfield. We will have him on the podcast at some point. We'll chat through all of the things that he's been through and what he's learned through being more visible through being in the media as well. But that's just an example to show you that you really want to be thinking about why should the media be running your story right now? What is the hook? What's the news hook? What's the reason that they need to run your story now as opposed to 
you know, next week or next month or anything else. And in Dan's case, it was a perfect example of actually his program that he was featured in, Million Pound Porn, was on ITV. So there was a reason why they should run it then. However, I didn't approach it as a let's talk about the program. I approached it as what a great way to have someone that's already got a presence on ITV to be helping your viewers make more money. And they've loved it. They've loved it ever since. And that's why he keeps going back. And he's a natural on TV anyway. What's really interesting is, is that the production company behind his TV series were trying to get Dan onto this morning and they couldn't do it. So it just shows you the power of looking at what is going on in the media right now and being able to piggyback on that in terms of providing new ideas, fresh ideas, going to them and saying, what about this? Or what about that? Would that be of interest? And that is exactly how it worked when it came to me putting forward Dan for that opportunity. When we look at what journalists want, at the end of the day, when you've got 500 emails coming into your inbox and you've got lots of competing demands on your time, what you really, really want are good, reliable case studies with strong stories, not wishy-washy stories, strong stories that also have pictures. Pictures are so important when it comes to telling stories. They're part of the storytelling process. And it's only now that I work as a storytelling strategist that I help people through strategic storytelling that I realize the part of my past where I was a professional photographer, that was all part of the storytelling process because you're telling a story, whether that's of a moment in time, whether that's of someone's wedding, whether that's you're telling the story of their business through brand photography, it's all the same thing. And it's so important to have really good quality images of you, especially if you're a business owner, because you need to be able to have images that stand out, that help you stand head and shoulders above others. And the way that you do that, obviously the differentiator is your story, 100%. And if you've got images that also show and highlight parts of that story, then it's going to make it so much easier for a journalist to be able to say to their editor, look, we've got this great story. What about this? And equally, video. If you've got any video as well, then you go straight to the top as well, especially when you are proactively pitching yourself and what it is you have to offer to a journalist. Always, whenever you approach a journalist, you want to be professional. Don't fall into the trap of, hello, mate, how are you? Because at the end of the day, yes, journalists are on the whole, they're lovely. They're just like you and I. And you don't need to be scared of them on the whole. But 
you do also need to have an awareness around how you're presenting yourself, how you're coming across, what it is that you're saying. You don't just say anything you feel like in front of a journalist. And I've seen people do things, say things they really shouldn't have done. And I've sat in on interviews with celebrities and they've said things that they shouldn't have done. And it's very, very difficult to pull yourself back from that situation when they've done that, even if they have been briefed beforehand not to say those things. And if they go ahead and say it, it's really difficult to pull those back. So always be professional in any approach that you make, in any dealing that you have. Just maintain how you want your business and your brand and your professional everything to come across. So we've talked a little bit about how important it is to have great images, but as much as you have those images, don't go straight away and start adding them as attachments to any initial approach to a journalist, unless, of course, they have asked for them. If they ask for them, of course. Now, the way around this and the way that I get around it is that I use a Dropbox link. Because if a journalist is interested in a client that I'm helping to promote or I'm putting out there or I'm working alongside in whichever capacity, if I send in a Dropbox link, they can access those images if they want to. And they can take a look and see whether those images are strong enough to be able to enhance the story that I'm highlighting or that you're going to be highlighting when you approach journalists. So that's a good way to get around it. On the whole, if anyone tells you that journalists want to see lengthy media bios or they want to see pictures of you or whatever else it is, it's not true. On the whole, when you're first sending out your initial pitch to a journalist, you don't need to send any attachments. They haven't got time. And I always remember a journalist came into my membership and said, oh my gosh, we received this email from someone. And they said, check out my three blog posts on this link, this link, and this link. Delete. That's exactly what they said. They deleted the email because they were just like, no way do we have time to start looking back at previous blog posts that you might have written about something. You can't do that. You have to remember, put yourself into journalist's shoes. Think like a journalist. You are busy. You are on deadline. You don't have the capacity to do that. So easy to read subject lines that is about storytelling and not selling. So don't go in there and go, how I managed to save whatever it is, 300 people on, you know, whatever. Just think about what it is that you want to get across. Like I have seen inboxes, journalist inboxes, and some of them are just the most appalling thing. They're like literally, say if you there's a PR and they're doing PR for a toaster brand and they put in the subject line, only $39.99 for this amazing toaster. Delete. 
that's what happens. You've got to think, how would that be interesting? Now, if that toaster has been designed or created or it's come from the imagination, it has something different that other toasters don't do, the way to get around it would be to talk to the founder of that toaster company, find out what their story is. That's the story that is going to be far more interesting for the journalist than the fact that the toaster is on sale at $39.99. You see the difference? And then you talk about their story. And yes, they might well mention that I'm so excited we've brought out this amazing new design of toaster that has never been seen on the market before. And the journalist might include that. They might not. But what they will probably do is mention at the end of the piece the name of the company and possibly your website. Now, if they put your website on, that's a massive win because then you can drive traffic through to your website. And that's exactly what you're after in effect. So easy to read subject lines, really, really important. And I've spoken about them being on deadline. You need to meet deadlines. So if they say to you, oh my gosh, you know, Nicola, we're on a deadline for um, 4 p.m. today. Can you get those comments from your client to me? Absolutely, I can. Um, they come to you and they say, oh my gosh, we need you to um, come back with 10 top tips about XYZ by 2 p.m., which is like in an hour or so. You have to write them. You have to prioritize things so that it happens. Because if you don't, that's a missed opportunity. And that's a missed opportunity that could get you in front of your audience. Now, one thing that journalists really love are exclusive case studies. So if you have a story and you haven't told it elsewhere or you haven't told part of it elsewhere, then they'll love that. Tell them it's an exclusive. And then it's up to them if they come back to you in good time. It's really interesting because some people say, well, you approach a journalist and if they come back to you, if they come back to you, great, you get covered and everything else. But if you, if you don't hear back from them and you've told them it's an exclusive, what do we do? Well, my thinking is that you wait for about 48 hours. If they still haven't come back to you, you go back to them one more time, only once, and you say to them, did you see this? Because I was offering this to you as an exclusive. But you do it politely. And if they still don't come back to you, move on to your next title on your list, because you should have a list of titles of where you want to be featured. Now, I've talked a lot about what journalists want, but what don't they want? Because that's just as important when it comes to this. And I think anyone that's unreliable is just a massive no-no as far as the journalist is concerned. And that unreliability comes down to a few things. So people getting distracted by everyday life, you know, things happen, the kids are on holiday, whatever else it is. And you don't prioritize going back 
to the journalist. So you start off by saying, yes, I'm available. And they come back to you and they say, great, can you um, send me those top tips by 2 p.m.? You don't respond. 2 p.m. comes, you haven't sent them. You come back to them at 5 p.m. and go, I'm so sorry. Here are those top tips for you. You've missed the deadline. You've been unreliable. And it is so important when you're working in a high-pressured environment where you've got lots of people interested in being featured, why should they hold the pages, the publication, just for you because you don't come back to them in time? You've got to do this. You've got to meet the deadlines. If you want your business to be out there as much as possible, it's no good making excuses and saying, oh, no, you know, I'm not going to do that. Like, that's fine. That opportunity will go to someone else and it could well go to your competitors. So just bear that in mind. The other thing that journalists really don't like are very long, lengthy rambling emails. You've got to keep things as succinct as possible. If you are approaching a journalist, three lines, that is it. That's all you need to say. And it doesn't need to be a lengthy tome of your all your things that you've ever done. They don't have the capacity to go through it all. Keep it short, keep it sweet, keep it professional. Equally, not having images at all or saying that you've got images, but then you can't find them. That's not great. Get all of your ducks aligned before you approach a journalist. Make sure that you've got the images that highlight your story, the professional images set to one side. When it comes to telling your story as well, I think we've spoken about this in previous podcast episodes, but it's really important that you only share what you want to share. But also, if your story involves someone else, if they are an integral part of your story, you need to have got their permission before you approach a journalist. You will end up wasting so many people's time if you haven't done that already. And what you do is you go to a journalist and you say, oh gosh, I've got this amazing story and this is what I want to talk about and it involves this other person and you go through and the journalist will ask you, have you got the permission from that person? And you go, yes. And then you go off and you speak to that person and they're like, no, I don't want to be in there. I don't want to be featured and you go back to the journalist and you say, um, you know that I said that I had their permission? Well, actually, they don't want to be named or they don't want to be featured at all because they can be identified through what it is that I'm saying. At that point, it could well mean that the whole story can fall down. And then you've wasted everyone's time. So please, please, please make sure that you've spoken to someone beforehand because it's just, it, it just is taking up too much time. Now, I know that there are circumstances and situations whereby people will have a story and it will involve someone else, but actually it's their take on their journey. And nine times out of 10, there is a workaround for that. 
Um, so you don't need to necessarily go to that person to ask for their permission. But if it includes a massive part of them and your story is not your story alone, then you either need to find a way that your story is your story alone or an element of your story that's yours alone to get around them not being willing to be featured. I've told people, I definitely say it in the book, but my husband, Matt, never, ever wants to be featured. And so many people say to me, but Nick, we thought you were single and you were just a single mum. And I'm like, no, Matt's very much there. But he has chosen to not be featured in the media. And he's chosen very much not to be seen on social media. So he doesn't feature. And as a result, people think that I am just a single mum with a very cute cockapoo puppy called Rufus. Um, But that's not the case. But that has been his choice. And I've respected that. And it's really important that you have those conversations with your loved ones. Do they want to be, to have pictures of themselves alongside your story? Do they not want to have pictures? Are they happy for a picture to be used, but for their faces to be blurred out? You need to do all of this work in advance before you do any media, any approaches to journalists. If you respond to a journalist's request and your response actually doesn't relate to that request at all, and you've just, you're trying to somehow make it all fit together, journalists don't have time for that. So please think about maximizing their time, not wasting their time, and really providing information that they do need things that are going to really enable them to make their deadline add value to what it is they've got to say. All of my clients that do really, really well through the media, through being seen in top tier national publications, do so because they are very much focused on what it is the journalist wants. They respond to it accordingly in a very short, succinct way, and they meet deadlines and they're professional. And that is how you go on and have media success. I hope that you've enjoyed this edition of the podcast. If there are other topics you'd like me to talk about, do drop me a line at nicola at nicolarowley.com love to hear from you. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast. And you may well have seen that we now have the PR Pick and Mix Masterclass series. It's just been released. And if you are thinking you're almost ready to get out there in terms of PR, but there are just a few things that you're not sure about. You're not sure about how to pitch or how to do storytelling or what your messaging should be and your positioning. These masterclasses can be bought as individual masterclasses and you can get them at go.nicolarowley.com forward slash pick hyphen mix. Until next time on the Power of Storytelling podcast, 
I'll see you then.